Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Franco and Chris Milan with OfferNow, more wholesalers killing it in the Phoenix market. And they're here to share how they've gotten to a quarter million consistently by wholesaling virtually in multiple markets. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires, so if you want to join us, please connect on Instagram. Uh, if you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask is what it costs for you guys to listen to this show. I am actively trying to get more subscribers on YouTube so that we can reach more additional non-subscribed people on YouTube. So if you're watching right now, please subscribe, click the bell so that we can tell YouTube to share this to more people. Uh, in addition, if you have a friend that needs to listen to this episode, please tag them right now. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please post your questions for Frank and Chris to answer. You guys ready? Yeah. We're ready, man. Ready. All right. Ready, ready so, whenever you're ready. So first question <laughs> is, what got you guys into real estate? So we got in real estate, um, it was a while back. It was about six years ago. You know, we were trying to, I, I, was, I was flipping motorcycles. I flipped over 50 motorcycles. I would buy them, fix them up, you know, do a little bit of fixing up to it and enlist them on Craigslist selling to ASU kids, they would come and buy it, man. So that's kind of where the idea started. I was like, man, you could probably save capital and do the same thing with properties. Mm -hmm. So I started looking into it, but uh, at the time I didn't have the work permit, so I couldn't get my license or any of that stuff worked legally in the States. And uh, I was still working, doing a lot of, I, I built a lot of businesses before this, you know, mobile detailing business. We used to go detail cars, trailers, you know, semis, all this stuff, we had our clients. When I got my license. In Arizona. Yeah, in Arizona. So you guys are detailing outdoors. Outdoors in this heat. Oh man, that yeah, sounds terrible. Outdoor in this heat. We had a client that I remember very clearly. We'll go every uh every two every two weeks, semis out in Litchfield, detailing. You know, a client will make like three hundred bucks in two hours. So it was it was good money at the time. I was right. fifteen, I think you were like eleven, bro. Early. Somewhere around there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun, but, the, you know, we did a lot of, until I got my work permit. When I got my work permit, I signed up to become an EMT. I wanted to become an EMT, going to firefighting, I'm into working out and all that stuff. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know, firefighter sounds cool. They work out. But then when I signed up, I found out that, I started doing my research and I found out that when you get uh, your certificate, since I still didn't have my driver license, but I still had my work permit, you couldn't, um, you couldn't become a driver. So you couldn't get the job. So I immediately canceled, got my money, joined real estate. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, from there on, never stopped. So when was that? That was about five years ago. Five years 16 ago. tries. I School, I tried it, I uh, failed 16 times, passed it on the 17th, state, passed it on the 5th. So nice. Never stopped, man. I didn't want to go back, you know. <laughs> I so, understand. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I got myself into real estate. Uh, uh, my brother got me into real estate, and you know I heard about other 18-year-olds killing it. So then he introduced me to that. And one night I was just sitting there thinking about it and what I was gonna do. And the next morning I just, you know, uh, I didn't show up to the job anymore. I just quit and I just started cold calling. Yeah. And that's that's how uh, he had mentioned to me about other people killing it my age. So I, that's when I decided I needed to get into it. I so text. Sorry, I texted him one time. I was like, hey, bro, there's this kid, 18-year-old, making 2000 a month. You know, to that time, it's, it's a lot of money for a young kid. Mm -hmm. He started looking into it. I started doing my research while I, was, I needed to pay my bills. I lived on my own, so I was doing real retail side. But the whole goal of getting into getting my real estate license was for the investing side. So yeah, that's how he came across. And from there, we just bounced ideas. We are you know, trying to create something, and we just kept, kept going at it. So how old were you? Uh, I was like uh, about to turn 18. Yeah. Okay. And who was the inspiration when you were like, these 18 year olds that are killing it? Uh, uh, Hunter. It, Hunter. It was Hunter. Hunter. I yeah. text him, hey, Hunter, man, Hunter's, there's this kid I saw on social media. <laughs> he's doing a flip. He's 18 years old. And that's where he yeah. looked into it. And look where he's at now. Yeah. He's yeah. crushing yeah. it. He's crushing it. Smart yeah. guy. Smart guy. Shout out Super to Super sharp guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you got in, you, you got licensed. Yeah. But you didn't really need to to start wholesaling. I didn't. So, what was the purpose of getting a license? That's I thought it, you needed to get your license. Okay, so you thought you needed to get your license. You got your license and you got in, and he's like, "Oh, I don't really need my license." Exactly. So I still need to pay my bills, of course. So I, that's why I was doing retail. Mm -hmm. I was doing sales. I still do them, but I have a team that 
it's all automated. I don't I don't touch it. But that's what I thought. I was like, you need your license. You know, you need a, that way you search properties on the MLS because I thought that was where you needed to find the properties. Mm-hmm. But when we start digging into it, you you don't need your license to flip yeah. and wholesale. But you're still licensed. I'm still licensed. So I'm asking this question. I mean, obviously, I know you're licensed. Yeah. We're licensed together at Stunning Homes. But there are a lot of people that are questioning whether they should get their license or not. So I, I think they just overthink it because uh, li- having a license it still helps, but you have to disclose that you have a license. Right. Have to disclose, and it has to be in the contract. We had our contract reviewed by our attorney over probably five times, and it's you, you have to disclose it, have it in writing too. Right. That way you don't get into any legal issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that trans or that transition. So you decide you're going to get start wholesaling, mm-hmm. right? You, you you weren't flipping houses. You were flipping motorcycles, and then you started wholesaling houses. Is we started correct? flipping houses. So you started flipping houses. Yeah. Okay, so talk about that. We got our first flip uh, was a property out in South Phoenix. We acquired it for how much was it? Like sixty five, I think. Yeah, something like that. Sixty five. We got the property. It was me, Chris, my dad. We partnered up. We did all the fixing flip. That was our very first flip. But we were we were doing the work ourselves. Too. We were bringing material. We were painting. We were there from six a.m. up to like seven p.m finishing tired so we started looking into it I was like man the whole goal before all the real estate had been it's always been freedom we don't want to be doing we want to create a team a system where you don't have to work and then go in and build other streams of revenue so we saw that wasn't good we still kept doing it because we were making 30,000 40,000 sometimes 80,000 at times but uh, with that's where we started we started flipping and he found his first wholesale deal Okay, so how, how did you how'd you find that? Uh, I was calling off of Craigslist to for sale by owners. Yeah, I was trial and error, you know, asking the wrong questions. Uh, <laughs> what would be some examples of wrong questions? Uh, what kind of roof type, uh, your bill, like if it mattered, uh, just uh, what else, like questions that the seller, you know, didn't, it didn't really matter. And it made me sound like, you know, like, oh damn, this guy really know what he's talking about and mm-hmm. caused the seller to hang up on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you found your first deal on Craigslist. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about that deal. So you find it on Craigslist, mm-hmm. what did you do? So I found it on Craigslist. Um, I remember uh, he mentioned to me that that was a hot area. Mm-hmm. It was in Maryville. The seller mentioned that to you. Yeah. That no, nice uh, oh. uh, Frank Frank <laughs> okay. had told me, because I, I told him, what are the hot areas so I can call? So yeah. I, was, I put the zip codes on Craigslist, and I was just calling those zip codes. Oh, smart. Yeah, so then I found that one. And I looked at, you know, the average home sales price was 120 and they were asking like 60, 60, like 65, 75. So I called the homeowner and I just tell him, you know, um, he wanted to sell already, but I was trying to negotiate him down. Mm -hmm. And I set up the appointment um, to go get it, you know, signed. But I I had a review with him to check the comps and it was a deal. And then we met up, you know, we locked it up. And then uh, we sold it to an investor. He helped me this boy out, and we sold it for seventeen k and some change. Okay, so your first yeah. wholesale deal. Yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad at all. He calls me up. He's like, "Hey, I found this deal." He sends me the address. I'm like, "Bro, hold up. Let's renegotiate that deal." Mm-hmm. So I call the guys like, "Cause it's a little bit high based on what other people are are getting them for." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "I'm gonna try to, you know, cause the prices it doesn't make. It, we still gotta get it for a little bit lower." So we changed it up and uh, I mean, we, we got it for a little bit lower and I called the guy and I think he was asking for Ernest, wasn't he? We did end up putting Ernest. We did yeah. put Ernest for that one. Yeah. And uh, we just put it out, we sold it. I remember when we closed on it, I went to go get the money from the bank. I put it in a backpack and you know, I thought 17,000 was a lot just to get like in a chunk. He comes to the apartment, I'm like, bro, here's here's the money. You know, I give him like straight <laughs> cash, $100,000 like that. We're happy, yeah, because it was the first whole deal. I remember because I was looking through the window like, where's he at? He's, he's not here yet. He pulls in and I give him the, the, the money. When so you're just giving him Benjamins. Yeah, <laughs> Benjamin, exactly. <laughs> but it was funny because I still remember taking it out of the backpack, you know, because duffel bag, hey, here's money, bro. Like, we made our first deal. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. It was well, a that's good way memory. to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to forget that. Yeah, never going to forget that, man. That was our first deal from yeah. there. We just, you know. All right, so what are some of your early struggles? in your business because you don't like some people hear these numbers right? we put these on our titles and it sounds a little clickbaity right it sounds mm-hmm. really attractive and we do that on purpose to get the people in but you can't just overnight do 250 a month so right. 
Let's talk about some of your early struggles. Yeah, so our early struggles would probably be we were going in person to sign the contracts mm -hmm. and, you know, setting up appointments to look at all these deals consistently and um, definitely having to do the day into day task. And, you know, when you're out at the office, you don't have you're not calling, which you're not, you know, talking to sellers. But that took up time of going in person and doing the appointments. So you guys when you guys are running not a solo operation, but basically you two. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys weren't able to cold call because you guys were going to appointments. Exactly. Yeah. We were doing one thing. The other thing was frozen. Mm -hmm. So that was the struggle right there. We're just like, man, when we were doing the fix and flips, you remember when we were doing the fix and flips? Yeah. We were frustrated because we were at the fix and flips and nobody was on the phones. We were calling these deals to, to try to look for new deals. Sometimes we would take turns. Sometimes he would look and, and I would be at the fix and flip. Sometimes he would be at the fix and flip, bring material. And um, I would be looking out there. So yeah. that was the struggle. Just not having a team to be able to. To right. require more. So trying to do everything yourself, you couldn't yeah. give everything the attention it required. Yeah. Exactly. So what did you guys do to? We hired, uh, our first hire was an acquisition. Like we need somebody on the phone, that way we're still out there. Then we hired a second acquisition and I was still doing dispo. We hired, we, we I was still doing the dispo enough until we had three acquisitions. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we let it go and hired a TC. Now we have a bunch of VAs and uh, yeah. we have a whole team running it. Okay, so when was this transition? Like when you guys started wholesaling? How long did you guys start wholesaling from flipping? When was that transition? How long did we start wholesaling from flipping? How long ago was that? You guys made the transition. Okay, we're gonna start flip wholesaling more than flipping. That was uh, what was it? Two years ago. Yeah, about years. two years ago. Okay, so you guys made that decision, and then you guys found that you guys were kind of losing time. Mm -hmm. So you guys started hiring. How long did that take? Did you guys make that decision to hire? It took us, it didn't take us much. It was like probably three months because we saw the frustration like this, the, we, we got to hire. If we yeah. would if we would go back, we would hire right away. Cause, but first you got to find out, you know, you got you got to know each position before you hire someone and be able to tell them something, uh, how, to, how to do the, the, the role. Right. Otherwise they won't understand, You're, you'll be pivoting a lot, trying to change up things a lot. So you have to experience that to be able to tell them. And so you can believe it and they believe it too. You got to master it first before you can you delegate it. You got to master it first. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you guys started delegating, um, but you guys were still going to the appointments because you were talking about like that was one of your early frustrations going to the appointments. Yeah. So when did that stop? When did you stop physically going to the appointments? Um, we try to change up our script on doing it more, uh, just little techniques of telling it like uh, DocuSign, big corporates use this. So it's, uh, you know, yeah. legit and it, it kind of like, it's just that those like psychology, you know, that helps mm -hmm. uh, give it credibility for them to sign over the phone Yeah, and just, you know, saying like, oh yeah, we have a company and we're located here, here. And so we have office and just stuff yeah. like that to avoid that, um, of going in person and doing mm -hmm. an appointment. Right. Yeah. So how long ago were you guys, did you guys expand? to other market? Like when did you guys go to your second market? We were trying about a year and two months ago, year and three months, somewhere around there. And that's when we hired our mentor. And that's where like, you know, we were already, we're trying to do it backwards. Mm -hmm. We thought we needed an office, agents, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when we hired uh, our, men, our mentor Vargas, mm -hmm. Rafael Vargas. And that's where we were like, we saw how it was, you know, how to get it done. We believed it, we came back, applied, and we've been uh, we've been going at it since then. So 15 months ago, you guys decided to go virtual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what was your business, what did your business look like before you guys decided to go virtual? It was just local. Local, it was me, Chris, Naomi, Brian. They were acquisition, I was still displaying properties out. And uh, we're still letting them go to the appointments, but sometimes they were not confident enough. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to training, because you gotta train your guys how to run comps and how to and sales as well. So yeah. sales is very important. The script, following the script, and we we switch up their mindset as far as like guys. These are just we focus on properties. Are I tell the guys this is exactly what I tell the guys. They're just little boxes. We're focusing on areas where they're all the same. They're not custom homes, so don't be scared of shooting an offer in person. I mean over the phone. Don't be scared of uh, locking it up over the phone. At the end of the day, they're just boxes. That's why we have a contingency in the contract. If mm -hmm. the property's not what they said, we back out. Yeah. So um, we it just it sounds big because it's always the biggest asset uh, someone's gonna buy. So, right. but you gotta switch up their mindset, make them believe, and so you can lock it up over the phone. Yeah. So, well, so I stopped by your guys' office yeah. when you guys were doing sales training. 
So when you talk about sales training, you're not like, you know, you're not just throwing it out there. Like you guys are doing it. Like how committed are you guys to your sales training? Every single day. Yeah. 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 Monday through Friday, every morning before they hit the phones. Yeah. It's mindset because yeah. it's it's all mindset. Like going over the same thing repetitive. And uh, something I tell the guys, what do the Lakers do before playing a game? They warm up. They just don't go in there and just start playing ball. It's no Lakers. difference. Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> Suns. The, the Suns. They're I mean, not I, doing that good. You I know? guess they're not. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're not, they're not doing, doing that, great. that good. <laughs> so. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so, obviously, we have a lot of peers mm-hmm. in our in our market, right? We got friends, competition yeah. in in Phoenix. How are you guys different than all our all our friends? Yeah, I think uh, the reason we're different is because we try to um, we make offers on homes that at the offer where we're able to close on it, mm-hmm. just in case you know for any type of reason the seller needs to move out, um, you know, title's clear and they need to move out two weeks or a week before. So we make offers where we know we're gonna close on them, and you know, Frank just yesterday we sent wires out to uh, to about three properties, four properties we close on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we make offers that, you know, we help, we want to provide a smooth and simple process for the home seller mm-hmm. to know that they're getting taken care of and we're going to close on these properties at all causes, you know, to solve their solution. Cause at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're trying to provide a worry-free solution to them and not just lock up something and, you know, not be able to close on it and, and definitely just, you know, get bad reviews. Yeah. That's so. That's, sorry to interrupt, but that's something that a lot of guys don't understand in this industry. This is customer service. Mm-hmm. You listen to Jeff Bezos, he focuses on customer service, customer Who? service, Jeff Bezos. Oh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah. I have our friend Josh too, Josh Snow. He tells, I'll go on and beyond to satisfy my customer because if they get start giving you bad reviews, you're not gonna go far. So you gotta see it. A lot of people see it as a get rich quick scheme. It's mm-hmm. not like that. You gotta see it as, uh, as long-term, you know, you're building a company because eventually there's there's a lot of companies coming up you know and you gotta you gotta be different so yeah. you got ever since day one our name's been it's been meant to be different offer now we we came up with that name a year 15 months ago somewhere yeah. around there ever since that day, it was like yeah we, we can be like local like investments acquisitions or some 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 name like that you know we got to think outside the box yeah. yeah I like that offer now it's very sounds very Thank much you. Like, like offer yeah. fast Thank you. So, <laughs> we, got we got a billion dollar company, you know, I'm telling you. <laughs> we're both a billion dollar companies. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, so one of the other things I noticed in your office when you guys are talking, you know, about, you know, some of the situations, mm-hmm. and talking about how you're servicing the homeowner. So one of the things that stuck out was like, you guys are paying for moving. You guys are giving them money before close. Like talk about some of the things that you guys are offering to separate your offer from some of the other offers. We do the offer now experience, our brother, put it together, offer now experience. We offer two movers, a truck, provide them, you know, there's a lot of elder people that don't, don't they, they don't have the time, the energy to move. So we provide that and we, our transaction coordinator helps them find apartments too, gives them the option. Hey, we found this place, it fits your criteria and it sees if it, if it works for them. If we need to make a payment, that first payment for them, we make it we help them move to, to get this deal close successful. Yeah. Cause we're all busy, you know, we go to work. Last thing we want to do is come home and, and start moving and, and dealing with all that stuff. So that's why our company is very valuable and we provide that service, that smooth transaction where um, you don't have to have people going in and out, dealing with repairs, renegotiating, all that stuff that's involved. So yeah. it's, it's, that's what we're gonna offer, that's what it's gonna be. All right, so uh, just a quick, you know, tangent. So right now, you guys are talking. We're talking about a lot of wholesaling, and again, you guys are licensed. Are you turning these into listing opportunities at all? We are. We're working. We're definitely. We already have our system in it in mm-hmm. place. We weren't, but now that we we keep it because it's one step at a time. A time you got to work strategically. Mm-hmm. Can't just jump into everything. But yes, we're listing these properties. All right, and again, that's an emphasize emphasis for some of you guys that are you know debating whether they get licensed or not. It's just a lost opportunity. Exactly. If you're not licensed, you can't mm-hmm. offer that other solution. Are you guys flipping at all? We're getting back into it. We're working on uh, structuring again, and that's now we're missing out on the flips. Yeah. But we're focusing on the right zip codes that make sense, any six-figure checks. Yeah. So. Okay, and what does your organization look like today? Uh, 
We have about uh, 20 cold callers. We have uh, four acquisitions, uh, one disposition, and another guy that JV specialist, but he also helps out the disposition side, and also our TC, and she's transitioning to our um, branch manager that handles all the operations. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have um, the about six, uh, four or five VAs that help with the marketing at this point in the properties. Yeah. And um, I think that's, that's it. So the 20 cold callers, mm -hmm. where are they? They're virtually, uh, they're about 10 of them are in uh, the Philippines and the other 10 are in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Any reason why you guys split them up 50-50? Uh, we actually started with the Philippines once and they've always, always been trained to bring distressed leads. So we decided to keep them because, you know, they brought in a lot of uh, great deals to the acquisitions team mm -hmm. uh, by the KPIs that we track. Yeah. So that's why we decided to keep them because they're quality. But yeah. it did take some time uh, to find those uh, right ones. So what do you guys pay your VAs? Or your cold calling VAs? The cold calling VAs? Uh, they're, the uh, Philippines ones are, um, they're about like uh, five, six dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. And then the Mexico ones are about like, uh, I want to say um, eight, seven. Got a little pricier. He charges a little bit more. Oh well, yeah, our I mean, people yeah. charge us a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> you get the you get yeah. the, the 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 Mexican special. But they're really trained. Though. <laughs> they're yeah, they're they're really yeah. trained. Their English is good. They're they're solid. I mean, we can go to Upwork and find people that charge like three dollars, four dollars, but mm. you don't want to go with that. You yeah, don't no. Do that. Yeah. You got you got to pay for talent. Yeah. You got to pay for talent. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, and then your acquisition guys. So they're they're hitting the leads that have been warmed up mm -hmm. by the cold callers, yes. or I would imagine by some of your texting and whatever, mm. what do you pay your guys for closing these, you know, warm leads versus cold calling themselves? I'll let Chris answer that one. The, the acquisitions guys? Yeah. We pay them, uh, th they have base salary plus commission, 7% mm -hmm. uh, of the commission. 7%? Yeah. Okay. And then do you guys, actually I already know the answer to this, but do you guys do anything special on your disposition side that sets you guys apart versus, you know, the average person that's trying to dispose themselves? I would say building relationships yeah. is really crucial. You can't just shoot out a, a property address, text. I receive texts all the time. Ask me, do I know these guys? I don't. Yeah. Companies come up every month, new companies, and I really never receive a call from them and they just, hey, I see that you, you this and this, and it just, Again, it, it comes, it, it's relationships, yeah. building relationships. Well, what I liked um, when I was in your guys' office was you got your VAs creating flyers and you guys are basically harassing all the realtors in the area. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Reaching out to the correct ones. Yeah, the correct ones, the guys who do cash transactions on yeah. investments. But I so. thought that was great, right? Yeah. Like you got a property, it's like this guy's bought, he's got a buyer in his database mm -hmm. somewhere. He's yeah. a producer. Yeah. Send yeah. him these flyers. So like, I don't see a lot of wholesalers sending me flyers of properties that are off market that are, I would say any kind of quality, right? You get, we all get our, the MailChimp constant contact yeah. emails. Yeah. Why? Because it's the laziest thing to do. Yeah. Blast text, blast email. It's like easy. Oh, I, oh someone's going to buy it. I yeah. just shot it out. You know? Right. Got to go on and beyond. But I love the fact that you guys are, are, are creating the flyers, emailing to them yeah. and then calling to let them know yeah. that there's a property available. Yeah. And the ones that say they, you know, they don't want a property, we tell them you're saying no to money. You know? <laughs> exactly. You're saying no. you don't want to make no money. <laughs> you don't want to make no money. All right. So let's see. There was a question here earlier. Um, Bring the questions, guys. Bring uh, the questions. Edwin Wong wants to know what are your top three lead lists to hit. So your three know. favorite lists. Vacant uh, out of state owners, um, tax defaults, and high equity. Uh, uh, absentee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talking about the tax defaults, because mm -hmm. you guys are in multiple states. Yeah. Is the tax defaults good here for you guys in Arizona, or is that really more like on a national level? Um, yeah, it would be like, it, it, it definitely works different in, in um, all the cities. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just, it just varies. But those are the top three off of my head. Yeah. Yeah, but to, to keep track, they're all different. They perform different in each city. Right. Yeah. It's also uh. sticking to the list, too, because um, we're all hitting the same list. Yeah, you we just are. Got, you, it's, it's all <laughs> follow-up. Yeah, it's it's all on the follow-up. Yeah. It's all on the follow-up and training the guys. 
Right. Yeah. So. Definitely. No, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, one of the questions here is, let's see, who is it? Um, uh, Chris Allen wants to know, what states are you guys working in? We're in uh, Arizona, Texas, Georgia. We're in Nevada. We're also touching base. We're, we're, we're in different. Those are four strongest markets right now, but we're in other ones as well. But those are the ones where we're actually doing deals. Okay. Um, and Chris Allen wants to know, uh, did you invest in a course to start wholesaling as a work course? You talked about the mentor. So how much was the mentor is from Ryan? Oh, uh, it was it's expensive. That's all I'm going to leave it there. It was pricey. <laughs> yeah, it was pricey. Okay. So if you guys want to find out, you guys got to go straight to Raphael. Yeah. And we're contact us as well, too. We can help you guys out, too. Um, yeah. You know, let's network. Shoot us, contact us on social media. Chris, what's your hashtag? Chris Milan. Chris Milan underscore. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay, so uh, we talked about how you guys are finding your deals. Pulling data, do you guys have a favor for pulling data? Yes, we do IDI, we do TLO, we do tracers. Do straight, straight from the source. Yeah. Um, and then as far as KPIs, what are some of the KPIs you guys are, are important to you? You know, your business is a little bit different since you guys are in multiple markets. Mm -hmm. What are some of the KPIs that are important to you guys? Uh, some of the ones um, that we have uh, the operations keep track of is definitely uh, talk time and how many leads it takes them to get a contract. And um, the other one is like uh, what, what zip code is performing. Mm -hmm. better in each you know city and constantly hitting that one um, since we're like you said we're in, that, in a few cities and um, another one is how fast the deal sold yeah yeah so talk about talk time talk why time. are you guys tracking talk time it's um the more the more you call the more the, the you know the more you you call the luckier you get that's true. The more leads you touch, the but more. So, but that's dial time. Yeah. Right. So you're saying talk time. You're talking about talk time or dial time? Yeah, talk time. Talk time. We actually yeah. talk time. Yeah. yeah. So what is it about talk time? You're trying to have as long a conversations as possible? Um, that lets us know. Uh, it should take an average. Like to present an offer, it should take no longer than eight minutes. Mm -hmm. If they go down the, the process, you know, and just go straight line. Yeah. Um, so definitely it lets us know how, how many offers they presented and that, you know, how many offers they did a day to the mm -hmm. week. And we average it out by how much talk time they did in the whole week to the day. So that's why we track that. And then gotcha. it lets us know, you know, if they're doing only 30 minutes of talk time, then let's know they weren't on the phone, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Sam Velasquez wants to know, what are some of the important tools and factors for your business when you consider opening in a new market? Uh, having the data, having get buying the data, and uh, start working on your buyers list. Yeah. Networking, uh, you know. So how are you guys way. building a buyers list remotely? We do it multiple ways. The real estate agent side, going one mile, two mile radius within where we get the deal. We uh, network in Facebook groups. We do Craigslist. We do uh, Zillow. We're bringing buyers from the MLS as well. Yeah. Gotcha. And our VAs do all that stuff. They input in Podio act in it in our in our mailing system. Uh, so Adrian Argueta wants to know where did you find these cold callers? Uh, we found them. Oh no, where my brother found them. Yeah, we uh, we hired them off yeah. of. Uh, so there's different companies out there, but some of them just started off off of Upwork, and they just use referrals for the ones that are performing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was. Uh, the one in the Philippines, they get managed by a lady that's like familiar with like, she actually keeps track of all that. Uh, their, um, how the, the questions they're asking on the phone. Mm -hmm. So listening to their conversations and making sure the leads are qualified. So uh, she actually helped me hire the Philippines ones. And then the ones in Mexico were actually, uh, we they reached out to us and they, we were, you know, we like what we seen. So we hired them and mm -hmm. they had the calls in there in place gotcha yeah and then um, so there was a question here uh, Ricky Morgan wants to know how are you, how do you accurately calculate your offer virtually if you're not seeing the houses um, so the way we calculate is because we have MLS access to each of these cities that we're in mm -hmm. and the great thing about 
the other cities we're in, the only one that I see is different is the one in Phoenix and Tucson and San Antonio. But the ones like in Dallas um, and Austin, Houston, Atlanta, Georgia, they all use the Matrix, even the uh, Las Vegas. And what the good thing about that is that you can go back to 400 uh, a year back and you see twos. And the good thing about those twos is that it lets you know that the property was bought and resold within the last uh, 12 months. So you kind of see what the cash purchase was at and what the investor ended up closing at or what he's trying to push it out at. So you kind of get an idea what ARV, what uh, percentage they're buying at. Mm -hmm. And that lets you know right off the bat if it's a good deal. Let's say the homeowner wants 60K and 2,100 square foot. Then you see uh, that property, you see a two that the property is, you know, 2,100 square foot. And they bought it for 80K and it was completely, you know, gutted. And you already know it's a deal if that property is in that same condition mm -hmm. and they want 60K or if it's in better condition, they want 60K. Yeah. So that's basically how we tell our guys because it differentiates and being in different markets, how, how much they're buying on the dollar. So right. we just tell them to look at the cash sales. Awesome. Um, and then Edwin Wong wants to know, what is your net profit margin per month as a percentage? We keep about 40%. 40% net? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Joey Visual wants to know, do you have any other mentors before Raphael? We've had quite a few in different departments, uh, not not just real estate. We've had, uh, you know, Cohatter. Which other one did we get? Uh, we've had a couple more, you know. Yeah. We also always are, and I would say maybe our best, best mentors books, we've consumed. I went to San Diego. I listened to an audio book on the way over there and then to another one on my way back. So we're yeah. always learning. He's always showing me videos and new stuff and I was like we listen to it we bounce ideas last night I got back from San Diego he I called me like hey did you listen to that book that, that I sent you they have this this idea so we're always 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 learning so the books are the biggest mentors yeah and I know that's true because I've seen you actually I had gone to uh, uh, Orange County and I had taken a picture of me listening to an audio book and you're actually messaging me like, dude, I'm listening to that same audio book <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's That's see what else is there. Uh, I'm probably butchering this name, but I'm guessing Dej Dahon Mendoza wants to know if you were starting again from nothing, how would you approach business? How would you approach building your business? If you were starting from nothing, how would you approach? Mm -hmm. Building your you business right now. To where you're at? I mm -hmm. uh, have to reinvest. Don't. Uh, don't buy dumb stuff. Reinvest back into the business. Mm -hmm. But if you were starting with nothing right now, we yeah. Let's say you know offer now gets shut down for whatever reason. You know it's just you two on your own again without. We'll restart it. Will we get because easily we already know any other business. Hire a mentor. Hire a mentor. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'd hire a mentor to to shortcut the learning process. Yeah. So we'll go into a different industry. If we couldn't get back into real estate, we'll just go into another different which that's what we're already working. Not because it's gonna get shut off, mm. but we're working on a ton of more more um, streams of income. Gotcha, makes sense. Uh, Louis Shapiro wants to know, when it comes to the closing table, seller finds out how much you're profiting and they wanna cancel, what do you do? Has that happened to you guys? Where seller wants to cancel at the end because of, how, because of the assignment fee? Um, not, not that I can like remember, like yeah. it's not consistent, rarely. But we just have, you know, our TC closes them. She persuades them to close. Yeah, uh, that shouldn't be happening. It, so, it, sh yeah. it shouldn't happen. That's why you set your expectations since the beginning. Yeah. Hey, seller, we're an investment company. We make profit. We either buy it to rehab it. We buy it to to uh, to keep it as a rental, or we sell it. You know, make an assignment fee. Yeah. So that shouldn't happen. You gotta be you gotta be transparent. I know a lot of people, you know, are kind of like trying to, hey, I, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy. It. You have to be transparent with what you're doing. That yeah. way you don't run into these surprises. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is mm -hmm. making sure they know that you're making a profit off of this. Yeah. Um. Um. So I'll go back to some of these other questions. That Sorry. At the end of the day, it's not. I mean, you're a business. You're in here to make money. So I don't know why. You know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be be upfront. Uh, you're scared of saying it. Corey Lewis wants to know, you guys listen to any other wholesale podcasts besides Disruptors, obviously. Real estate disruptors. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about what markets you guys are in. So monthly marketing, how much are you guys spending a month in marketing? 
So we use including a, data and skip tracing and all that other stuff. Uh, around forty grand. Forty grand. Yeah. Okay. And what are you guys spending total like overhead for everything? Close to a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Close to it. Man. Close to it's it. A lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play. You got to go big to play a game. Yeah, yeah, you, for sure you got to pay to play, right? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that was the lotto's. The, was, it, was it the pick? You can't win if you don't play? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly, man. Uh, so what are some of the most valuable resources? Like things that people need to go check out, they need to learn about, tools, whatever. Uh, I would say, what do you say? Um, I would say data. You have to, data is more, it's key. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing you need. Everything else you can learn it. You can watch YouTube channel. I mean, yeah, you just learn. You, you, data is the thing you need to be able to get these deals. Yeah. So, is there any particular data source that you guys prefer? I mean, we already talked about skip tracing data, but as far as like lists or whatever, is there a particular list source you guys like? Um, there's a lot of different ones, but then it comes back to you analyzing the market you're in, and you want to become profitable right away. So you want to definitely get all the zip codes in that county or city you're going into and study that zip code. Um, obviously starting off, you don't want to go into hi- the hyper competitive zip codes because you'll get burned out, mm-hmm. especially if you're a newbie and you're not really good on the phone. So you want to check the sweet spot, depending you know where days on the market, but it's still stuff selling. You don't want to go where stuff is selling right off you know the shelf and there's like little to no listings. Yeah. So you definitely want to check the zip codes and break it down and then get all your high equity zip, um, all your high equity list off of those zip codes. You don't want to spray and spray. You've got to be strategical. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then Jeff Under wants to know, uh, how many leads do you need to close on one deal? And before we answer that, you try to, wh- how do you guys define a lead? Lead is somebody that wants to sell their property at a price where we're able to sell it to an investor. So okay. So someone that's raised their hand says, yes, I'm willing to sell my house mm-hmm. at a discounted price. Yeah. Correct. That's a lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, how many of those do you need to close a deal? Uh, uh, like those are more qualified, so I would say probably around twenty to thirty. Twenty yeah. to thirty of those you need to close one. Yeah, because if it's like now, if it's like the ones that, um, that's too much. I would say yeah, for the ones that aren't qualified, that just leads coming in, I would say probably like forty to fifty. It variates, mm-hmm. but yeah, it'd probably be less. I'd have to like uh, my operations would give you that answer for sure okay yeah and then how many guys how many houses are you guys wholesaling a month right now this is all from jeff underwood mm-hmm. we're about uh we're close to the 20. we're acquiring 24. you know in a perfect world we would sell all 24 to 20 that we acquire mm-hmm. you know in the contract we have some that have, have liens there's one that we put a memorandum four years ago so but about close to 20. yeah but yeah, we always always like those get us the ones where you have liens, there's good spreads. And you're like, man, there's one we have right now, 40k that it's uh, it's going to you know we have to wait on it. Yeah, yeah. So 20 properties a month, mm-hmm. and what are you guys' uh, average assignment fee? What's your targeted assignment fee? Target, we tell the guys 16k, but the thing that does help us as well too, we're able to get a lot of. It comes back to training the guys. Our profits are a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. We're close to 20s. 30s yeah so so 20 plus yeah, yeah 20s but our average i tell the guys hey this is what you need to sell if for 16 you know gotcha yeah so okay so jonathan tennyson wants to know do you guys have boots on the ground in every city that you're in yeah we do yeah not guys we network with guys so it's we do have boots on the ground yeah mm-hmm. so we have agents that we work with so there's a realtor in every yeah. market that you guys are in yeah mm-hmm. okay uh, Shout out to Nick's, Nixon. Uh, Mauricio, Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Mauricio, I don't really understand your question, so if you could just please rewrite that. Um, and then Corey Lewis wants to know, what would you guys do if the market, or how long do you think before the market turns? I would say probably uh, 18 months. 18 19, months? yeah, 18, 19 months, that's what we got. Yeah. We still got a lot of time. Still sure plenty, got, of yeah, plenty, plenty of time. Plenty of time to make a lot of sales. So, uh, and then Tyree West wants to know what are you going to do if the market downturns? We'll capitalize. We'll capitalize on buying assets that are in the locations that make sense, and you know we get private money to take down these properties, and especially 
um, you know, in the right areas, definitely. So I would say land is definitely and like commercial yeah. buildings. Yeah. Businesses as well. There's a lot, there'll be a lot of opportunity. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Clippy Remo wants to know, where do you guys get your vacant list from? Uh, one of them is uh, app.rewww, the uh, Ken Clothier. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, there's a lead stacker that you can upload your list and it verifies it through the U.S. Post Office that, it, that it's been verified vacant. Mm-hmm. So you can stack your list. You text defaults, uh, pre-foreclosure list, and you look at all the ones. You guys like the R-E-W-W list? It works, yeah. It works. Does it? It works for yeah, us. Yeah, we used yeah. it. We was like, man, this you guys didn't. <laughs> We all on the follow up. <laughs> it could be all on the follow up. You're 100% right. We did it. We didn't like it. Um, her music sounds good. Uh, ask, should a wholesaler have a target number for their assignment fee? They should. Yeah, I think they should. That way you know what you need to, what you need to acquire for and, and yeah. sell it for. Otherwise, you're just getting anything, and, and that's where you start pissing. Don't piss off sellers for us, guys. Don't piss off sellers for us. Yeah. Because <laughs> when we call them, then they say that so-and-so offered. <laughs> so much yeah, yeah they have yeah. a target goal definitely uh we have one guy uh brian lopez he's always uh going over and trying to get the call him the whale hunter because mm-hmm. he's always getting the big uh big spreads yeah yeah he's always motivated to get the big spreads who brian yeah that's yeah, our guy yeah. that's a key guy right there yeah. key player yeah young guy too and i'll add to this the you should definitely have a target. I mean, for us, it's 15. And the thing is, like, after we, our target is 15. But after, if it, if after we tie it up, we can't move it, or we're only gonna make 3k. Then we only make 3k. Yeah. The target is 15. It's not that we won't close if it's less than 15. We'll still close, or, or either we'll assign it for less. We're only making 3k, or sometimes we will just take it down ourselves because we made a commitment to the seller. Definitely. Um, Reputation is key. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how long does it take for your, Anthony Garcia wants to know, how long does it take for your acquisition team to run comps and lock up the deal? It's right there and then. What is it? Less than, it's five minutes less. Yeah. It's just they have, we've trained them at like before they hit the sales floor, they need to have the screens ready. All the MLS is open on one side and Pody on one side. That way they just sold. So let's talk about that transition, right? So mm-hmm. you get your cold callers overseas or down south. And they've got a seller that says, yes, I'm thinking about selling my house for cash. I got to transition to the acquisition team. Mm-hmm. What does that process look like? So it gets uh, put into a web form on Podio. Mm-hmm. And then definitely it has um, marked as, you know, warm, hot lead, depending on how much they want and if they want to get called. And it's then they get... That's when they go, they go on new untouched, and then the acquisition are able to see and lock up the deals mm-hmm. on Podio and categorize them. And we have somebody definitely um, go through the leads and check that they're qualified. So how quickly from when the uh, the VA says mm-hmm. this is a real lead mm-hmm. until the acquisition person knows? Is it like immediate? Is it instantaneous? Um, well, they're constantly getting leads, but definitely, yeah, they they're. Uh, getting fed the, the hottest ones and getting tasked on those just in case they need to be called. But yeah, it's, it can be instantaneous if they need a call or something because we have properties where the owner is under contract and they're not closing, so they mm-hmm. decide to uh, definitely go another route. It depends yeah. what time the lead comes into and the guys, let's say, comes in at the end of the day, it'll be the following day or if they're on a computer, sometimes they prepare their leads the day before. Most of the time they prepare them the day before and they come in and know which ones to call right away. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we talked a lot about the list. We talked about the skip tracing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the uh, the preferred method of communication. So, I mean, obviously, cold calling is really hot right now. Texting's pretty popular. RVM's pretty popular. What are you guys doing? What's most effective for you guys? I'll, it's always going to be cold calling. It's never going to be. That's why you can't never, how do you say, you know, robotized or whatever the word is, mm-hmm. this industry, there's always has to be someone con- talking to, to someone on the other line. Yeah. You know, people have emotions. They, they have attachments to these houses. There's uh, there's always constantly that you're going to have to, they're, they're going to need help. Yeah. Yeah. So That's to some extent. So cold calling is still your guys' number one. Yeah. So the 20 cold callers, cold calling all the time versus Lee Sherpa or whatever. Correct. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Miguel Degodillo wants to know how many leads are you guys generating on a daily basis? Uh, daily basis, it, it, it's uh, different every day, but I would say um, it could go 60 up to 100. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, mm. it just depends, you know, how many RBMs and SMS we're sending. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what is your guys' why? What is your motivation? What's pushing you? Because you guys, you guys can stop right now. You guys are in four markets. You guys can stop. Why go to the sixth market? Why go to the eighth market? Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, it was, it was, it's, it's freedom. At the end of the day, it's freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, helping those around you, family, you know, freedom of family. Yeah. Freedom of family. And as you start growing, you start thinking more. It's like, okay, well, you know what? On my team, I want, I want him to make 10000 a month, every month. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you see them working hard, and it's it's our team, freedom, family. Gotcha. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, yeah, I pretty much said it. Yeah. Stop pissing yeah. off our sellers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what what is your guys' biggest struggle right now? Um, time. We need more time to be able to finish more in the day. Yeah. Finish more audiobooks, look into research more businesses. It's time, tell the truth. Have you guys done anything about that? Have you guys done any training for that? For time? Yeah, time management, that kind of stuff. Because I it's know just there's not enough time in the day yeah. to to finish like all these stuff. Last night I got I'm not, I'm not even lying. I got back from San Diego. I was I was 30 minutes away from finishing the book, the the book I was telling Expert Secrets. So mm-hmm. I at least I put it in, I put my headphones and I started listening. I fell asleep, but you know because I wanted to finish it. Yeah. So. <laughs> on 2.5, 2. 2.5. 2.0 2. speed. 2.0 2. speed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He taught me about that. I was like, no, this is too fast. Bro. This is too fast. And the more you listen to it, the more the more you grasp on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. You got you got to listen to the double speed at least. You got yeah. to. Uh, what is, um, I'll ask both of you guys each, what is your superpower? I'll start with you. Um, I don't overanalyze it. I just get to it and figure it out later. So if I, you just need to tell me that like wholesaling, you just need to tell me that I need to get a seller in the contract where we're able to sell it to an investor and he still makes money. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't overanalyze it and just started calling. Just start doing it. Yeah. Action taking. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Vision and being genuine, charismatic, n- yeah. networking, connecting people. So that's, yeah. that's very key too. Got it. And uh, guys, you know, again, this is a live show. So if you guys have questions, be sure to answer it. Bring your questions, guys. Hit us up on social media, too. Official Franco Milan with the K and Chris Milan underscore underscore. Yeah, you changed your your name. I was trying to tag you this. How to go official, you know? I couldn't find find Millennial Entrepreneur. Millennial Entrepreneur. He's like, bro, that name's whack. You need to change it. I was like, (laughs) I've been an entrepreneur. I'm not only, you know, we've always been looking into multiple business and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. So what's the greatest lesson that you've learned? Uh, having a team not jumping into s- the shiny syndrome object, not because I see, okay, you know, I see this person making this much, I'm going to go invest 10000 because that's exactly what I did. When he did it too. I invested $8,000 into too, postcards yeah. when I started. <laughs> <laughs> he did what? He made how much? Eight. How did he do it? All right, let's go I, do I, it. I, I, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I invested 8000 postcards like when it very first first year in wholesaling yeah all the calls start coming in uh-huh i started seeing the phone ring 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 i got overwhelmed i was like yeah not answering <laughs> i didn't get a single deal he did oh. the same thing yeah uh, we do the same thing so yeah having a team so where i'm trying to go having a team before you do that stuff being patient being patient yeah yeah, yeah. that's a lot coming from you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right um, how about you uh the most valuable lesson mm-hmm um, I would have to say, yeah, uh, scaling up and having the processes and, you know, SOPs to be able to handle the growth mm-hmm. and, you know, having the right key people in place so then you can add more marketing and definitely keep expanding. That's so going on SOPs, who's in charge of the SOPs in your operation? Yeah. Oh, you want to elaborate what SOP is? Yeah, standard operating procedures. Yeah, and the book to help us scaling up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockefeller habits. We actually meet up on Sundays with. Uh, she's 
RTC, but she's also helping out with the operate operations. Mm-hmm. She's so our branch manager yeah. slash. So yeah, so, so yeah, she ha- she's actually helped us out a lot, and we definitely go over them too. Okay, but is she the one that's creating them? You're creating them. Who's we, making it? We all talk about it, and then um, she puts it into place. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're like, hey, we need this because this even you need to have those procedures from the time that the questions you ask the people you interview mm-hmm. until how you fire them. You know, you need to have all that stuff to cut to to not spend a lot of time into that and trying to figure it out. That way, it's just this right. how it is. Okay, constantly reinventing the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see what some of the other questions we got. Uh, so, oh, we got a lot more questions now. Okay, so uh, how's the Tucson market for you guys as far as wholesaling? That's from Louis Shapiro. Louis Shapiro, it's pretty good. Yeah, we've yeah. we've sold. What was it? The multi units out there? Yeah, we sold. Yeah, we've gotten. It's definitely good. Um, it's another. You know, it has the right population. You just got to be hitting the right areas. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good. Uh, Daniel Prito, another stunning agent. Uh, he wants to know: Do you guys close that condo you guys got for forty with a two hundred ARV? Uh, we're in the process right we're now. In the process. It's, <laughs> we're getting an activity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys get activity. There should be no price. Yeah. You guys can't. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he was there when our acquisition was locked. Locking it up. It up. <laughs> yeah. They assigned. Tell you they assigned some this week, and I I just got back in town yesterday, so I need to check what what we assigned and all that stuff. So yeah, it might already be assigned. Yep. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, how much trust do you give the person that determines your MAOs? How much trust? Are you giving the person that, de- de- that determines your maximum allowable offer? We, uh, we have, you have to trust them. You have to detach, otherwise you're always attached to the business. Mm-hmm. You have to train them, tell them where they need to get it at, and uh, be able to be hands off, otherwise you're always gonna be attached to it and you're mm-hmm. never going to grow and go see what else is out there okay guys we need you know a little tweaking pivoting here on this side so we can just ramp it up you know so you have to so we give them all the trust the guys they know if they they we give them all the trust you want to create leaders in the organization not you know minions 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah operation full of leaders yeah. yeah if they mess up it's actually i feel i fall because we didn't train them enough so right if okay, this guy, you know, he locked them up too high. It's not their fault. It's my fault because we didn't we didn't train them. It was enough. a training issue. Yeah, first time's a training issue. Yeah, yeah. third time it's a hiring issue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, what dialing system are you guys using uh, for cold calling? That's from Edwin Wong. Um, phone burner and Zenco. You guys like Zenco? Yeah, it's pretty good. It gets the job done. Yeah, <laughs> we've gone back and forth. Yeah, which one you like best? Uh, we've gone back to Mojo. Mojo. Yeah, we didn't. It's not that we love Mojo. It's just that's the one where it's easier for guys to do follow up and yeah. follow up is king. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Then call you, you. It takes a little bit to learn. You phone, know? Burn, phone burn but, is the uh, same way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Alex Jacobs wants to know how many RVMs and SMS are you sending monthly? Uh, we're spending probably around. Um, I want to say about ten, fifteen grand together RVM and SMS. Okay. Do you know how many RVMs and SMS that turns out to? Um, not, I can, yeah, not from the top of my head. It just, yeah. Okay. What are you guys using for SMS? What are you guys using for RVM? Uh, we have a system in house that we use. Gotcha. Um, Charles Moon wants to know, can you talk about the culture in your office and how you keep your people motivated to produce and stay? In culture, you have to have your core values. Goes back to learning the scaling up and something we learned from our mentor too, but it goes uh, core values, those are very key. And uh, how do we, wh- how, what was the question again? Uh, how do you keep them motivated to produce and stay? Commission hitting the target goals, incentives, quarterly goals, incentives, uh, quarterly incentives as well. So we they flew- get bonuses if they hit those quarterly incentives? Yeah. yeah, we flew out Brian to Miami, paid for his boot camp, uh, Grand Cardone boot camp, mm-hmm. flew him out there, everything paid. So he hit the goals. He surpassed the goals. So we flew him out there. Awesome. Ready for a pop quiz? Yeah. What are your core values? Core values. Want to elaborate? Now, are you looking at him? Uh, pop quiz for you. And <laughs> 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 no integrity, um, respect. Which is the other one? Uh, uh, what's it called a uh, servant uh, servanthood? Mm-hmm. Uh, leadership. Yeah. That's right. Yep. All right. And we added more to this thing. Yeah, our, t- yeah, our t- branch manager, she added more to it. 
I'm telling you, we're, we're being really hands off now, and uh, we're, they're running it now. Yeah. They're running it. Yeah, just uh, come check it out too. If you guys, if you guys want to learn our core values, come check it out. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about it. No, yeah, came, it's yeah, it's different. cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's you, awesome. You, you guys have it set up. It's it's displayed. Everyone can you see, see it when you walk yeah. in. Yeah, All right. You the core value it, is yeah. there for everyone to see it. It's not it's not a secret. Yeah. yeah. So I like that a lot. Just gotta be careful with your neighbor. Just he's gone. Edward. Is he gone? Yeah, he's gone. Oh, that poor guy. He was so nice, except for when he was screaming. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, he does really well, too. Yeah. yeah. He's gone, though. Man, that was nuts when yeah. I was there. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. Uh, okay, so let's see what else. There was another question here. Uh, Rashad Stevenson wants to know, what percentage of your business is PPC and internet marketing? So we're just transitioning into that. We weren't ramping it up because we were in the process of uh, – um, buying the domain because mm-hmm. we had a domain without an E, and mm-hmm. that's now we're gonna we're building our website and it should be done here soon. Domain without an E, yeah, for offer now? now, yeah, yeah. We Got actually it. now acquire the, the original one, we're going to negotiations with it, but you guys have already locked it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. That's a big one, yeah, yeah. that must have been pricey. A billion dollar company. Anyone who wants to write us a check, let us know, guys. That must yeah. have been expensive. See, who what was I negotiating <laughs> with? I think. Was it offer now that I was negotiating with? It was somebody. It was a domain. Yeah. Oh, I know what it was. It was uh, sellmyhousefast.com. I think that's what it was. Really? Hmm. Yeah, sellmyhousefast.com. And she wanted like, like 50k. I was like, whoa. Oh. I was like, I want to buy it, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't have well, 50k yeah. to just throw out there. A domain. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something you guys. If you guys think in a wholesome, make sure your name, actually, it's it's it's. It's well branded and it's it's not a local name if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're thinking national, not just your typical acquisitions or investments where I buy houses, something like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, any favorite, best, or most interesting failures that you guys want to share? Mine. Yeah. They, I, we have tons, man. That's how we learned. That's why we learned. But uh, top of my head, the most interesting. The postcards one, I think I think I already, like, mm-hmm. you know, I spent eight thousand. Didn't have the team. Call started coming in. Another one, fixing flips. I was doing four or five flips at a time, and it was just like, because I acquired a financing hard money lender that would do five percent down. Got excited. Five percent down, five percent down, and started had all this overhead. It was I was like, man. Yeah, those I was uh, to finish it fast. Those hard money guys. Um, yeah. They will collect every time. They do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're gonna be okay yeah. <laughs> if the deal doesn't go okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. So, is there any book more than any other book that you guys have gifted? How to win uh, friends and influence people and think and grow rich. Yep. And MJ the Marco, um, cracking the code of millionaire, cracking coming a millionaire, something mm-hmm. like that. That's where the name offer now came up, and it's just like you, you where he, he paints it very clear. If you open up a restaurant, you're only gonna get local money. Mm-hmm. If you work on a business that you can do national, you're gonna get national money. You're gonna you're gonna get rich. Right. So that really expanded your mind. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right. So I want you guys to think about something you want to leave the audience, the listeners, with, mm-hmm. while I make a few quick announcements. Okay. Uh, so guys, a uh, friendly reminder again: uh, Max Jimenez and I were doing our two-day workshop where we're gonna be going over our entire business. And that's going to be on September 20th and 21st. Uh, we're limiting access to a select group of people. So to see if you qualify to come to our workshop in Phoenix, please go to disruptors.com. Uh, and then I will be speaking in Houston for Wholescaling Live. Go to wholescalinglive.com and put in RED for 25% off. Uh, also be in Biloxi, Mississippi on October 25th and 27th for, R, uh, for Real Estate Roundup Live. If you want to check that out, go to bit.ly, B-I-T slash R-E-R-L-I-V-E. Um, and then we've got, I'll be finishing the year in New Orleans with Chris Rude in December 6th through 8th um, for uh, Skillathon 2019. And next week we've got Dominic Felix flying in from Jacksonville, Florida, and the legendary Sean Terry. He, we had, he couldn't make it last week, so we, mo- we moved him to Thursday next week. So with that being said, last thoughts, starting with you. Think big and then. Uh Try to um, plug yourself from the business as soon as possible so you can think of other sources of income. And uh, I think that's that's about it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so definitely um, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. You definitely mm-hmm. got to put in the work. And you got to um, not just go in thinking, you know, I'm just trying to make a check. You got to provide a solution to the seller in order for him to want to do business with you. Because if you go in with just you're trying to uh, get money just to go blow it, um, you got to come in that you're providing a service to the seller and they would get your first deal. If not, you're just going to be, you know, running around. Stop getting on the ground too much. What's think that? Of, stop getting on the ground too much. Oh. And think of running your business. Yeah, running on the business. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I like that a lot, right? Put in the, the homeowner first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, Instagram, at Chris Milan. And uh, official Franco Milan or just Franco Milan with the K. Look us up, guys. Let's network. Let's connect in all the cities where we mentioned we're in. Um, Let's go through the cities again real quick. So estates, uh, we're in Arizona, Texas, Nevada, and uh, Georgia. I know, but the cities. Oh, the cities. Houston, Dallas, Phoenix, Tucson. uh, What is it? Las Vegas, Atlanta. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Stop pissing off our sellers, guys. Thank you guys for watching. (laughs)